Welcome back to episode two of the Empowered Finance Podcast with your host, Sid Misra, Certified Financial Planner based out of New Jersey. Uh, hope everyone's doing well. Thank you for tuning in. Episode two, the most overlooked and underrated factor in building wealth. So what is the number one factor in building wealth and ultimately achieving financial freedom? To me, it's the most, this is the most underrated and overlooked thing because you know, people assume that it's so much more. It's, it's other things that they have to be focusing on. And so I'm going to go through some of what people think and what they believe is the, the biggest factor to building wealth. I'm going to dispel those rumors, and then I'm going to go into what it actually is. And so, you know, most people assume that to achieve wealth, you have to invest in, in it matters that what your investment strategy is. And I agree, like investing is important. You have to make your money work for you. Um, it has to work as hard as you do, right? And so the system is designed for you to want to put that money to work to make your money make money itself, right? Um, and so people get caught up on investing. Uh, everyone's on, you know, Robinhood or E-Trade or whatever it is, chasing returns in the market, trying to, uh, uh, you know, beat the market, get their returns, get their uh, uh, gains, and and they think that they're building wealth by doing that. And so for most people, it's, you know, what are you investing in and how are you investing, right? What's the hot stock? What's the thing that you're you're looking to buy? Uh, is, it, is it crypto? Is it Bitcoin that, you know, is doing so well or Dogecoin, whatever that new one is called? Um, but then you also start talking about what the investment strategy is, Um you know, what is your rate of return and how are you getting it? And that's what most people think uh, in, helps them build wealth, right? Who, what, what's the investment strategy? Are you active versus passive? Active trading, you know, in and out of a position uh, where you're making multiple moves, uh, trying to make a gain on the price changes, right? Versus passive, which is, you know, more of a buy and hold strategy. I'm going to hold it for a period of time. I think that the business is going to do well and, and uh, I'll sell it for a profit later. And there's benefits and drawbacks to both. And there's both, you know, different people in those different camps that will, you know, talk about the benefits of active versus passive or passive versus active. And then they'll talk about the drawbacks from the other side, right? You can also talk about in terms of investing, right? Technical versus fundamental analysis, right? Looking at the company itself and seeing its books, and the business, the fundamental analysis versus technical, looking at the price of its stock in more of a, like a historical context and how do they do in certain situations? How, how is the historical price or the volatility of the market affecting the stock? Right? Is this a place that you want to be investing in? And investors have used both and they've been successful, but that's really not what's going to drive your wealth or your ability to uh, be financially free. Well, what about asset location, right? That has to do something with it, right? You know, most people think it's about the account that you're keeping your money in. If it's not the investment, then it's, is it taxable versus pre-tax versus Roth, right? Is, is me putting it in a certain account with tax benefits now where I, I pay taxes later or vice versa, where I pay taxes now and have a tax benefit later, does that help? 
with building wealth. And, and a lot of people think, you know, keeping the right securities in the right accounts is going to be the biggest driver of that. It, it definitely helps to maximize your benefits. It's something that is important to, to, to consider and to look at and to do asset location. Uh, but again, it's not that either. And so it's none of those things that I just mentioned. In reality, the number one determinant of wealth and ultimately financial freedom is, is nothing sexy. It's your savings rate. Plain and simple. How much are you saving you know, after every uh, uh, paycheck? How much are you saving every month and every year? What is left of your income after spending it? It's not sexy. It's not nothing interesting. You know, you're not going to see anybody talking about it really on TV because it's not going to get the viewers. It's not going to get the clicks. People, people don't care about that enough. Um, but it's like the most fundamental thing to building wealth. How much are you saving? And then, you know, from that putting to work. Uh, and the truth of it and the reality is, you know, America has a huge savings problem. Uh, so many articles, even before COVID broke out, saying that most Americans don't have $400 in their account to help with some sort of emergency that, that comes up, right? Your car breaks down. There's, you know, something wrong with your house, right? I mean, home ownership, there's, it's like a black hole sometimes. You're just throwing money into it. And so most Americans don't have the cash available. They don't save enough because they're spending too much. I was looking through some numbers. Uh, the Federal Reserve was saying that the savings rate in the U.S. has hovered around six to eight percent. So that means that, you know, obviously those numbers can be skewed a little bit in terms of averages and people earning very little. But six to eight percent is not going to be enough, right? And that's not because of, um, let's say, income and 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 poverty and all that. I'm not talking about those things which are really, those are very real issues. I'm talking about the people that you may know that don't save. You yourself that may not save. And why is it? Because it's a spending problem. We, you know, we spend on things that we think are necessary, but they're really just luxuries and, and we keep buying those things. And so this entire economy is, is geared towards consuming. The country, the economy, everything. Entertainment, food and drink, travel, sports events, you know, everything is tied to going out and spending money. Um, and that's, that's really how the economy runs. And that's where people get into trouble. I, I did a video about this last year on LinkedIn. Um, is, are you a prisoner to your lifestyle? Right? So, you know, for so many people, they earn X amount of dollars per year, X amount of dollars per month. And they're, spending it on their car, their house, you know, happy hours, trips, things like that. And I'm not saying to not spend on those things, but if you're spending majority of your money on that and there's little money left over to save, invest, to take care of yourself, right? You're, you're basically becoming a prisoner to your lifestyle. Think about it. The car payments that you've, you've set up that are going to last for the next, you know, three years, let's say, the rent payments, right? You, you're signing a lease every year, but you want that apartment because it's in a great location and nice, nice area of the city. The trips that you take, the happy hours, all those things necessitate you spending money. And for a lot of people, right? Like I've talked to a lot of people, I felt the same way. You sometimes get stuck at jobs that you hate. You can't, 
move and do something different that you wanted to do because you're, again, a prisoner to your lifestyle. I have to keep up the lifestyle. I have to pay for this car. I have to pay for this apartment that I have. I'm going on a trip. I have to pay for that. How else am I going to afford those things? And so we limit ourselves in a lot of ways. We're not just limiting ourselves in terms of down the road, right, with retirement and how we're planning to take care of ourselves after we work, but you're limiting yourself right now. Like, what are the moves that you can make? I mean, I'm a good example of that myself. I worked at a job in Jersey City for four years, um, and I didn't save a penny, right? I'm a financial advisor. I got into debt out there because I was spending more than I was making. I had a nice apartment in the nicest part of Jersey City, right by the water. I, you know, would go out all the time, right? It's just, you're in the city, it's happy hours or the excuses to go out. I was spending money on stupid things, going into, into New York City where it's even more expensive, right? And so I saved nothing when I was living out there. Uh, I got into debt that I ended up having to, you know, liquidate some of my savings that I had set up years ago to pay off. Um, and, uh, I was, I was stuck with that because I had a savings problem, which is funny because, you know, my family didn't, my family never had a savings problem. My family, uh, with that immigrant mentality came to this country and saved more than, than I think most people. Um, and so, you know, I remember, and, and maybe this is why, right? Like you go into the psychology of why I spent the money and, and I did those things, uh, and then that's probably a conversation for my shrink and, you know, a longer YouTube uh, or excuse me, a podcast series. But, um, you know, I grew up like that, that typical immigrant mentality household where we don't buy material things, right? Like the biggest expenses are like taking care of the family, saving money, and then saving money for the the trips that you take yearly to India to see your family. And those are the trips that the family loves taking because you're just getting everything taken care of out there. So you just pay for the airfare and everything else is good for the next like month. And we would go for those that long. Um, but it, it sucked, right? Like I, it, it was tough growing up when your parents don't spend the money. I remember getting comments about the clothes I wore, you know, wearing kind of the same outfit all the time. I remember coming back from winter break, right. And, seeing all my friends with like fancy new gear and talking about the the sports equipment or the snowboarding equipment that they got and the Xbox or PlayStation uh, consoles that they got. And, you know, I didn't get any of that stuff, right? Like my, we don't celebrate Christmas, but like, even if we did for our holidays, parents gave me a hundred dollars, which, which is a lot of money, right? It's, it's, it's not like, it's not a lot of money, but uh, my parents were absolutely not interested in, spending on material items that I wasn't going to use, you know, a month from now or clothes that I would outgrow. And so, yeah, you know, going from that kind of, I don't want to say minimalist, but sort of in a sense, like my, my family just being minimalist in that sense and not having any say in it, I would always argue with my parents about that stuff. I call them cheap. I said that you guys are cheap and I feel bad about saying that. And, and that's probably just part of growing up you realize why they do things later on. But in the moment, you know, I'm a, I'm a teenager, like hating my parents because they won't buy me things. And little do I know that like, you know, they're doing it for the right reason. We, we don't need to spend this money. This money is better 
used, being saved and being put to work. And so, you know, maybe that's a reason why I didn't graduate with student loan debt because my parents can pay for that. It's, it's a reason why, you know, my family can take vacations now and go to all these different places. And, and we were traveling too back then. And it's a reason why my parents are both feel comfortable with their retirement, not just because my father is a financial advisor, is because, you know, they did the work to put those things in place. And obviously it's, um, it's the trade-off, right? It's the immediate gratification versus thinking about something down the road, which is, which is more abstract. Like if I see something that I want to buy, I want to buy it right now. I can hold it, feel it, I can see it. Um, but like retirement or saving for college or your future is so abstract, like it's so long and far away that most people don't think about it. And so, again, savings to me is the most foundational piece of trying to build wealth. You have to do it. You have to understand what your savings rate is. You need to go back into you know, your bank statements, your, your debit card statements, whatever it is, and see where your expenditures are. What are you spending money on? Um, how much is coming in? How much is going out? What is your savings rate? How much are you up every paycheck, every month? And then you have to have a plan for how you go forward with that. But, you know, the, the, the investing stuff, right? Picking stocks and asset allocation or asset location and how I'm going to be doing investing. None of that stuff matters if you're not actually adding money, if you're not contributing. And so people get caught up in, in that stuff. And maybe because it's their, them trying to make, you know, make up lost ground. I have to hit a home run. I have to find the stock that um, you know, will, will get me to my goal. When in reality is if you just saved more and you were more consistent about adding that to, let's say, your investments and you had a plan for it, you don't need to be hitting home runs. You can get there and be financially independent and plenty of people do it with average returns that the market gives you. And so that, that fundamental foundational piece of saving is, is super important. And so I want to leave with how can you improve your saving? The, the, the biggest thing that I would say is, again, have the awareness of what your savings rate is, if, if there is one at all. Um, you know, be honest about it. How much money is coming in, right? What are you earning? And then how much is going out? And understand that, you know, no, no one's here to tell you you should be spending on this or that. But at the end of the day, the math has to add up. And so if you are spending more money than you make, you will always have a problem. I don't care if your salary is $10,000 a month or $100,000 a month. If you're spending more than that, you are going to be in trouble. So Figure out how much you're saving right now. Find ways to increase that. Can you set up automation, right? In your whatever bank you use, can you automate and do automatic transfers from your checking account into your savings account? Can you do auto transfers from those bank accounts into investment accounts, right? And make everything kind of automatic, just like your 401k is. And you don't even see it, right? And so you don't count on it. You don't see it. it. It just automatically is there. And before you know it, you've built up a good amount of money, right? Just the, that constant adding in, right? And it's, it's all behavior. It's all behavior. This is not rocket science. It's, it's you deciding 
I would rather forego that immediate gratification for something in the future. Um, so, you know, automate your savings, figure out what your, what your savings rate is first, and then start automating. Because again, that is the most underrated um, piece to all this. I, I, as a financial advisor, cer- certified financial planner, I can build you a financial plan that will tell you what you need to be doing for the next 30 years. But if you're not saving enough, it doesn't mean anything. It's not worth the paper it's, it's written on. So save, 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 get that savings rate up, automate it if you have to, and put that foundational piece in and build it in so that you can build upon that. Uh, again, I appreciate uh, everyone tuning in for episode two. Thank you so much. Um, leave a comment, uh, like, and subscribe. And uh, thank you for the support. Uh, can't wait to put out episode three. Thanks. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Content in this material is for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual.